I'm your host, Corey Holiday, and you're listening to What's the Convo. I'm here to take you on an adventure to hear stories about people's new experiences so that you can laugh, learn, and try new things. Today I have another great guest. He's a director, comedian, actor, Steve Royal. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here, Corey. Happy to be here. I know this is old news, but when uh when the, the Will Smith slap, you was so fast with putting something. <laughs> I soon after I went on Instagram and you was the first you was the first video I seen. Like, yo, how fast was that? Like, how, how did that happen? Like, yeah, well, because I, I I knew right away comedians were gonna jump on that. And then I already started seeing people posting like screenshots mm-hmm. and then posting just a video of the actual, you know, occurrence. And I was like, okay, it's just a matter of time. I better put this out tonight, you know? And like, right, right when I started like filming it, I started seeing other, other comedians were, had already also shot videos and were posting their videos. Yeah. So I was like, Ooh, okay, let me get on, on this. So I realized like, oh, he's on the West Coast. So but when I seen it, it was like, it was late. It's like almost 11. And I seen, I was like, oh, that's why he had like early in the day. He had time to do it. He had enough energy to do it. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I got it. No, I didn't. Okay. So I didn't see it until I didn't actually watch the Oscars. Uh, one of my friends had called me and he was like, yo, are you watching the Oscars? Because <clears throat> over here, I think it was, uh, I didn't find out about the slap until about seven, eight o'clock, which I guess would be 10 o'clock on the East Coast. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't even know. And then people were like, yo, you got to see this. And then everybody just kept talking about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, let me go ahead and, and make this video. So other than your um your Instagram, you did like a lot of movies and web series. Um, so how did you get there? Like I know I seen on an article you grew up in Maryland. Like how how you move, how you went from Maryland to California? So yeah, so I grew up in Maryland. And what happened was I, I, first of all, I had no interest in entertainment or acting at all. Like I, I thought that I was going to go into law. And so I went to university of Maryland. I was studying criminology and sociology and all that stuff. And that was the direction that I was going in. Yeah. And what happened was I was leaving class one day and I saw all these like white trailers parked on the campus. And I was done with classes, so I was like, oh, let me go ahead and see what's going on over here, you know, what this is all about. And it turns out they were filming a movie. And yeah. so I, 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 th- I think I talked to a PA or something, production assistant. And he was like, yeah, we're looking for college students to be extras. I'm like, oh, it might be kind of fun to be an extra in a, in a Hollywood movie. And I don't know, I don't know if it was like the lights or it was just like the, you know, the environment of being on a movie set but i had this this feeling like i think this is what i'm supposed to be doing with my life it was like aha right (laughs) yeah it was the craziest feeling and then like the next day like the the interest in law just went right out out the the window like i had no interest in law whatsoever i was just fascinated by this whole you know film industry and so when the semester ended you know i told my family i was like yeah, I'm, I'm not going back to school. I'm not going to finish. I'm going to California, which, of course, everybody was like, you know, my parents were like, what? You know, 
<laughs> and they were not happy about that. And then, because like I said, I had no, I'd never expressed any interest in in that because I just was not interested in film or acting. Yeah. So it just came out of left field. So, yeah. I think it was in an article. You wanted to be a policeman, right? Well, uh, either yeah, either police officer or like you know uh, FBI or U.S. Marshal, oh. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you. Got to California. You went to California. What was your first like move career wise? Career wise? Yes. Okay. So when I when I first moved here, I I came here for the acting because I had family who were like, "What?" When I told them I was moving to California, I had friends who were like, "Oh, you'll be back. That's not gonna work out." And so when I first came here, I hit the ground running. Like I was like, you know, submitting headshots everywhere. Like just trying to get an agent, trying to get auditions. Like I was hustling. And like the first, the first acting gig that I booked was, um, it was a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> I booked a Bud Light commercial and, uh, but it never aired. Oh, no one told me that, it, that just cause you should shot, uh, shoot a commercial that it's gonna play. So I, I'll never forget this. So I'm on this set. And I'm talking to all the actors. And like my agent at the time told me, you know, they're going to pay you, um, I think it was like seven, $800. No one told me about residuals, right? Uh-huh. So I'm thinking this is what I'm getting for this commercial. So I'm talking to the actors on set and they're like, uh, you know, they're mentioning residuals. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And they're looking okay. at me like I'm crazy, right? And so they explained it to me. And they were talking about how much, you know, every time the commercial plays, you're going to get paid. And, uh, you know, they're giving me like, you know, this person did the commercial and they made $50,000 off the commercial. And this person made, you know, and I'm like, whoa, way above the $700. And because it was like a Bud Light commercial, I'm thinking they're going to be playing this commercial to death, right? Especially around Super Bowl and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this was around the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was an Olympic-based commercial. So I was like, oh, they're going to play this one to death. Now, my mistake was I should have waited to see if the money was coming. Mm -hmm. I did not. I started spending money that I did not have. So, like, I, um, I, I moved out of my old studio apartment in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Uh, I donated my car to Goodwill. And, yeah, because it was like an old, it was like a, a 89 Mercury Tercel hatchback. Like it was beige, it was ugly. And so I was like, yeah, I don't need this stuff. And um, I, I, um, I booked a flight to Japan. So I went to Japan. Um, I was there for like three months, just uh, sightseeing. And then I did a couple of like uh, comedy shows out there. I used to do stand up briefly. And, uh, you know, I was calling back home, like, hey, did you, uh, have you guys seen my commercial yet? People were like, no, not yet. I'm like, all right, it'll, I'm sure it'll be at some, some point it'll play. And three months later, I come back and I'm thinking, I'm walking to my P.O. box and I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and pick up my uh, residual check from that commercial, you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to, you know, check into like a, a hotel near the beach and just look for like some apartments by the beach and <laughs> check out some dealerships, see what kind of car I get. You know, like, I, I was living like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and so like, I get to the post office box and there is a check. Um, it was for 
dollars. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Because what no one told me is so what they do with commercials is they'll shoot a commercial like like a company like Bud Light or whatever, they'll shoot like, I don't know, say seven, eight commercials in a row. Okay. And then what they'll do is they'll test those commercials out. And the commercials that score high, you'll see on regular TV. If it doesn't okay. score high, they just toss it. I guess my commercial didn't, you know, play well. And so they tossed it. So I was just like, I was in Japan and I spent way more than $1,900. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like, I have no apartment, no car, no job. Oh, and I quit my job too. I told my job, I was like, uh, I need to take off uh, for like a, a month. And my job was like, they were just being haters because they, it was slow. We weren't mm -hmm. making, you know, the, the waiters were fighting for shifts. So it was like, you know, they can afford to let me go for a month. But because the manager was also an actor, it was like, mm, you can go for like a week. And wow. I was like, a week? You would think he'd be more understanding though. Yeah. Well, but if they, see, the thing is like, if people aren't booking things and then someone just comes in and starts booking stuff, yeah. people get a little jealous. And so he was like, yeah, you can go for like a week. And I was like, a week to Japan? I was like, you know what? I don't need this job. I booked a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make so much money. And it was like, eh. Oh, my gosh. I ate a nice slice of humble pie that day. Wait, so how did you get going again? You had no job. You you spent more money than you had. So how did you get going? So I had, I had nowhere to stay. So then, uh, fortunately, one of my comedian friends, she let me uh, like sleep on the couch, yeah. and I I stayed there for like three months and just had to like get a job and just start all over. It was rough. Oh my god. Well, that's well, that makes a better story. You know, it's, it had been you no, know, not the same story. Like it been like a I don't want to say a boring story, but like a oh whatever. You just did that and you got you just got lucky. So. Oh no, 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 it was rough. Yeah, and then once I got my uh, my own apartment again, well. Uh, yeah, so once I got an apartment again, like the, that year, it was just peanut butter sandwiches or potatoes. <laughs> that was it. Or top ramen. Top ramen. Those, that was my, my food for like about a, almost a year. See, you was living like you're a college student again. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was rough. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you got going again. So all right, now, how do you come up with like... I, I, I guess like movie movie ideas or skit ideas. Like how, what's that process? So okay, so when I first came here, it was for the acting, and yeah. then while I was going on auditions, yeah, while I was going on auditions and stuff, uh, one of my coworkers was a um, was taking like a stand up comedy class, okay. and so he invited like all the coworkers to come see him perform. Um, it was terrible. Like I was <laughs> anyone that's interested in getting into stand up. I say just do it. Like, don't go to a comedy school because it's. Nice. I've never seen anyone go to a comedy school and then come out and they're just like hilarious. It's very formulaic and it's, it just doesn't work. But um, so afterwards, it was, I, I decided to try stand up myself. I was like, let me check this out. So, uh, you know, I, I would write it. The first time I, I went up on stage, I wrote a couple jokes. And the thing is, when you are like a first time comedian, people are really, you know, nice. They're not going to like boo you if you say this is your first time. 
And so I started saying it was my first time every time for about five, six months. I was like, oh, right, time. And then what happened was someone someone called me out. So I was on stage. Hey, folks, this is my first time doing stand-up. And somebody was like, no, it isn't. We've seen you before. Come with some jokes. <laughs> it was embarrassing. And so, like, for, like, a year straight, like, I was trying new jokes, and I was just bombing horribly. Mm-hmm. But it, it, by doing it, by trying, like, different things, it gave me, like, the – well, it gave me the confidence to, to try different things. And it also gave me the confidence and the skills to, you know, come up with like uh, joke ideas, which led to uh, sketch ideas and web series ideas and films. So okay, so that was the transition from acting to directing. Well, yeah, well, that was the the, the transition to directing was because um, you know I was waiting for my agent to send me out more. And okay. thing is, like for when you're an actor, it's a lot of waiting. And so I was like, well, let me let me write something for myself to star in and then uh, and then I can direct it and, you know, just shoot stuff for me. But then people started seeing that and they were like, oh, can you direct something for me? And so I started mm. learning on the job like it, it was, all, you know, that, that's that phrase where they say fake it till you make it. It was yeah. like that. Because people are like, oh, you direct? Yeah, yeah, I direct, you know. I directed like one thing at the time. But each time I was basically learning from each project. So that's how I got into the directing. Okay, so no film school. No, no, just. No, not film school, but I did take like some classes. So uh-huh. I did take a class on editing. Uh, I took a class on uh, cinematography and how to hold the camera. So. All right. So, okay. So once you get the idea, what's uh, like for for a skit? What, what's like? What's next? What is it like? Let me think about this before I just try to make it, or is it? Let me ask other people what they think. What's the process? So the the real process, what I do real is process. I'll come up with it. Well, because there's two, so I'll come <laughs> up with a I'll come up with the concept, and then what I'll do is I'll take out a piece of paper and I'll just try to think of everything that I can think of that's funny for that skit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I'll see little gems in there and I'm like oh okay well I could probably take this and then add it to that and then this and that and put that together it's kind of like I don't know if you ever saw Minority Report I'm like boom 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 <laughs> boom <laughs> pull this stuff together and so like uh, yeah so that's how I come with like the sketches so that's like the way that I I like to do it but because I've been a little bit um, busy with like, you know, my uh, feature film and getting that done and then working on a script for another project. Uh, what I do is I'll come up with the concept and then I'll come up with like a couple things that are funny. And then I'll tell the actors like, this is what we're gonna do. And this is the sketch. And then sometimes like the actors will add stuff in. Mm-hmm. So it makes, so it's kind of like, I don't wanna say I'm, I'm relying more on the actors but it's kind of like, I'm like, well, this is the concept. And, you know, and then people will just, oh, well, what if we did this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that. So I was like, I, I've gotten lazy and not just sat down and did all this work myself. It's like, oh, well, here's the idea. What, what do you guys think? What you think? <laughs> so. Well, that's not being late. I've seen like a, it was something on HBO and the, and the director was like, 
um, you you know you're you're a good director when you allow when you have like your set your way you want it done, but you will also allow your your actors or your whoever you're working with try their own way. Sure. So so <clears throat> right. So in the, in the first way, uh, I, I would still give people the opportunity to add stuff, but I'm coming in with more ideas. Whereas in the second scenario, I have the concept and I'm like relying more. Oh, okay. on so it's that. So you know, what if we try this? I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah let's go with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, oh yeah, I had the idea too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, sure. You ever got stuck on this like one scene or that you wanted to done a certain way and it's like kind of like hinder you from like moving forward or whatever? Uh, no, because like if 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 I want it done, if, if I'm very positive I want it done this way, then we will do it that way. If I'm kind of like, you know, if I'm like, eh, I like it done this way, but it, you know, I, I'm open to you know, uh, a different direction, then I, I don't put too much, uh, you know, strain or pressure on it. But if it's, if I absolutely want it done a certain way, it's, it's going to get that now. Yeah. Cause I say that because I was, I was shooting a documentary called comedy at Cooper. It's about comedians, like during the pandemic it's comedians that want, that was looking for a stage. So they had to make, they made like their own stage in the park. So I was doing a documentary on it. It was just like, I want, it's this opening scene where I wanted to show, they had a flyer on the gate. So I want pan past the flyer and show an empty park and then like go back to the flyer so you really could read it and see what's happening and then i just couldn't get it it just wasn't working out and then i delayed releasing the, the releasing it for like a week because i wanted to get it so bad and i was trying to do it through edits and it was just ruining it so i was just like oh. yeah it, i mean it, i definitely understand it happens for sure you know because there's some people they'll be like oh you know, I wanted this. It didn't work. I give up. But at least that you kept going. You were like, I, yeah. you know, it's a little delay, but I'm, I'm gonna get it done. Well, I kept having to go back to the park, and everything was different each time. It was like, man, that's dedication. Like, okay, so <laughs> I just shot this feature film last summer, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the actors lives in Vegas, and we were we were shooting scenes here in LA. There was one scene that I didn't get. One, actually, no, I'm sorry. There was two scenes that I didn't get. Two quick scenes. So I drove all the way out to Vegas mm. to get these two quick shots with this actor. It was a quick phone call, and the other one was uh, just a shot of him um, looking around the corner. <laughs> so I had to get these two shots. They were very important to the story. But those two shots, I had to drive four hours to get. But was it? It was a different scene. How you able? It was unless it wasn't like so obvious that it was a different location. No, okay. So the the phone call scene, uh, I just needed I just needed to get a, a shot of him on the phone. He could have been anywhere. Nice. So yeah, and then the the one where he comes around a corner, it was he's wearing the same thing in the scene that we shot when he was here in L.A. And I just needed like the the scene before that of him on the run. His character is supposed to be like running from the law. I did not have that shot. Four and a half hours there, and four hours back. So did that delay anything, or you just it was still on, everything still on time? For the most part, on time. I was trying to like submit to this festival South by Southwest. I, I didn't make that one, but there were a bunch of other festivals that I was able to submit them to. Yeah, I was wondering like exactly how that works. Like, do you do you have to know somebody to submit it, or is it just a application you, you push through? And yeah, you just fill out the application online and submit the film. Oh, do you have to meet like uh, like their requirements for the film, or is it just 
yeah. So each festival has different requirements. Um, so like, for example, like some festivals, they want to be the first festival that you show the film to. Oh, okay. So say, um, if you submit to this, like, okay. So for example, like I submitted to Tribeca Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say, if you submit here, you can't submit to any other festivals in New York. A lot of, yeah, a lot of have that. Or some will say this has to be like a world premiere. To you, what is the most important aspect of filming? Like either if it's a, a skit or a series, a movie? Ah, the most important. That's tough because, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the idea is important for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the actors, yeah, that's tough because, yeah, I mean, it's all pretty important. The actors, because you have to have the actors to, to save the lines and the director who sees the bigger picture and can craft it, you know. Yeah, like, I think each one of those, you, <laughs> they're all important. I was reading a book is about filmmaking and the author was basically saying, like, the video, to him, the video itself, like, if you have a, a bad video, you're not going to keep the interest of the person, the audience. So... Then it, in that case, then yeah, the the sound would be more important than the video because sometimes people will be forgiving if the video is like a little bit crappy, but if the sound is crappy and they can barely hear it, ah. Oh. What what keeps you like motivated to keep going? Uh, so for me, I I have fun, you know, shooting these mm-hmm. projects. Ideas coming to my head, I'm like, yo, I want to shoot this, and so I do, but. I got invited to this, um, uh, it was like an insecure screening and uh, Issa Rae was there. And mm-hmm. so she was saying like uh, a lot of people focus on trying to um, network up mm-hmm. and it should be focused on networking across with people who are in the same boat. And so it's funny because I'm looking at people in the audience and you know, people are like, yeah, she's right. But then when she was, cause she was like, yeah, so you know, there's a lot of people here in this in the theater, so you guys should be networking with each other. I was like, I'm gonna network with people. Man, those people didn't want it. <laughs> they, was, <laughs> they only want to network with the people who are up there. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, if you're not up here, I don't want to know you. So it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. You know, there's a, there's some people who I don't know. It's like I feel like they give up because they were they were motivated more by they're trying to be famous or they're trying to be rich and they want to be popular. Like, that'd be great. That's not, I don't really care about that stuff. Like, I care about having the ability to, to come up with a concept and actually execute, like put everything together and then put it out there. So that's that's what I care about. You like the process of it. I just like creating content. Yeah. yeah. It's fun for me. So, all right. So what is something that, that you learn while filming or acting or whatever it is um, that help you get in life, period? Hmm. Uh, okay. So I would say with the directing, and actually I, I, I've learned it before, but I really learned it on this last film. And that's that um, try to find people, well, it's two things. So try to find people who are like dedicated to the project. Like you'll, if you can find someone that's as dedicated to the project as you, that's great. It's rare. Um, but just try to find dedicated people. Um, because like I said, some people, they're just doing it because they're, they're trying to get famous or they want to, you know, use this to springboard to something bigger. Everyone's looking for bigger and better. Um, so, yeah, try to find 
actors who are like committed to this one project at a time. That's first. And then the second thing uh, is more for the director. If you aren't paying the actors, if everything is like deferred pay. See, I, I do deferred pay only <laughs> because I, if I waited until I had money to shoot stuff, man, I would be waiting. And so I'll do deferred pay. But the thing is, when you do deferred pay, you can't really, which is, and I, I still struggle with this one, is you can't expect people to have the same level of dedication that you have when they're not getting paid. So, you you know, and I was like having actors like, I'm like, yeah, uh, we're shooting these days. So you got to be available these days. So people would be like, you know, uh, they'd be like, you ain't paying me. I don't have to listen, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They would just be like uh, mad because they had to like take off like holidays, or they'll be like, oh, I, I I can't do that, you know. And it's like now I'm trying to I'm playing the juggle game, trying to see, are you available this day? What about you? Okay, so these two are available. Are you? What about you? Are you trying to put? This, oh my gosh, it was a nightmare. How do you save? Uh, put together money to for a film. So, like I said, the last movie that I did um, last summer during the quarantine, mm-hmm. uh, that was self-funded. So that was like I used my savings, my credit card to, you know, make this movie. Um, before that, um, like some of the web series, what I did was I would do a Kickstarter campaign. So I like cast the actors and uh, yeah, we just did a Kickstarter Kickstarter video, raise the money. Yeah. Uh, just there's accent in it. <laughs> no, okay. All right. So, okay. So I'll give you two. So one was a success and one was a fail. So the one that was a success uh, was I did this kids project called The Zeros. Yes. Like a, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so what I did, which was actually pretty clever, is I cast all non-union actors, right? Mm-hmm. And I told them, I told their parents, I said, listen, I'm going to do a Kickstarter campaign. If we raise the money to shoot this, I'll make this a union project so that I can tap partly your kids and they'll be eligible to join SAG, Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. So, because a lot of parents, that's their, they really want their kid to, you know, to act and to be in stuff. And a lot of those parents are spending thousands of dollars on classes and headshots and, you know, workshops. So, you know, coming up with a movie uh, budget and then having their kids act in it, parents were like, I mean, they, yeah. they, they were thrown in the dump. And so we ended up raising $15,000. So the budget, we were trying to raise, I think it was twelve or 13 and then we ended up raising 15 for that one which is great so then i tried to go back to those same people and i was like yeah let's do a third another one but let's do it with more money you know i'm like i'm gonna bring in drones and i want to bring in special effects and all this stuff right and i wanted to bring in like a a c or d list actor you know so a recognizable face we were trying to raise fifty thousand dollars and we only raised four thousand nine hundred dollars oh so you went down (laughs) Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was because in the first one, like I said, the incentive was if we get this movie made, our kids will be SAG eligible. But once their kids were SAG eligible from the yeah. first project, then what's the incentive for them to, you know? If it's about the process, they know, okay, they could, could should keep going with this. 
That's nice. logical thinking. Yes, that's logical thinking. <laughs> I, I don't know why they didn't think that, but it was like, all right. So what was what is the hardest part about filmmaking? Cause that was just that seemed like a struggle, right? The hardest part, like I said, mm. I feel like it's it's raising the money, and then um, yeah, I would say the hardest part is raising the money. The most stressful part is when you start shooting, and then you know, because I have friends who are directors who started a project. And now they are um, stuck with an incomplete project Mm -hmm. because either the actor dropped out or they lost a location or, you know, it's like so many things that happen that cause people to lose or not be able to finish their movie. And so that's one of my biggest fears. Like I I would hate to be like, I don't know, let's say it's a 12 day shoot and maybe by day eight or nine, my actor drops out. That is the worst. Because then you, you stuck. And so, yeah, I have, like I said, I have friends who, yeah, they have incomplete movies that they never finished. Well, did it happen to you? An actor dropped out? So in the film that I just did last year, um, I had a little issue with, like, the lead actress. Like, we were bumping heads. And it was because, um, it, so it started off because of me. I made the mistake. <laughs> uh, we were filming, okay, I'm trying to make this short, but we were filming the the first the first day of shooting, we were filming at this bridge in Pasadena, right? Mm-hmm. My plan was, and it was at it was a nighttime shoot. My plan was to drive out to Pasadena, um, get some food for the actors to eat, and then we shoot these scenes. Well, on my way to the bridge, uh, one of the actors called and said there was another film production company out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm stressed because I'm thinking, well, if they're already out there. And I have all the actors driving all the way out there and we don't get this first day off. I'm going to lose the actors. Right. So forget going to grab food. I got to get to this bridge because I need to see like, you know, and look for like uh, backups if I need to. Fortunately, they were filming down the street, but I was at the bridge. No food for the actors and the lead actress. She's thinking, oh, well, I'll just eat something when I get I'm hungry, but I'll eat something when I get to set. So it was was a a perfect storm of <laughs> everything just did not work out. So she had an attitude with me from then. So nothing, even though I apologized to everybody, I was like, listen, sorry, I'll make sure I have food from here on out. That put a bad taste in her mouth. So now she, she's giving me, you know, she was just like constantly just, it felt like undermining me at every, like just looking for things that just, <laughs> oh, so frustrating. So. Um, what happened was, so we ended up shooting, because I told the actors in the beginning, I was like, it's going to be a 12-day shoot, 12-day shoot. I was like, 10 days of shooting and two days of if I need to get some pickup shots, right? So we did the 10 days. It, we did the 11th day. Now it's the last day of film. I put everything that I needed together. Uh, I told the actors, I told the actors, I was like, the call time is going to be 4 o'clock. I'll come pick you up. You don't even have to drive. I got you, you know. <laughs> So the 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 the, um, the co-lead, I told her, I'm gonna pick you up too. Both of you guys have a later call time. It's the last day of shooting. You guys can just relax. I'm on my way to pick the girls up. I am five minutes away from picking up one of the girls, and she tells me now her call time is four o'clock. Yeah. She tells me I have to be done by five o'clock because I have a Zoom audition. What? Like, are you for real? Like. Like you picked the, the last day of filming, you know, I had to cut some scenes that um, to, to get what I absolutely needed, right? Yeah. So that was, that was the second lead. The lead actress, 
I told her, I said, yeah, so, you know, the second lead, she needs to be done by five. So we only have an hour with her. So the lead actress is like, well, I have to be done by 9.30. What? I was like, the majority of your scenes are at night. There's no way we're going to get all those scenes. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I got to be done by 9.30. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll just have to pick up on another day then. I'm not available after today. Like she just, it was like she just unnecessarily made my life miserable. So I had to cut a lot of scenes and only get what was absolutely, absolutely necessary. So that was just, oh man, it was rough. Definitely a valuable lesson from now on. Uh, you know, I'm only going to cast people that I know will be dedicated to the project. Or, or you could just like, you know, you're going to use 12 days, but like, oh, right, I'm maybe going to do this in 16 days. Somebody else said that <laughs> same thing. Yep. Somebody told me that. What is the wildest, I guess, experience you had to deal with or was into yourself and on, on a set? Uh... Oh, I, okay. I got one for you. Oh my god! <laughs> so I I shot this web series called This Indie Thing like years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It, okay, so we were supposed to do like originally it was only going to be ten episodes, but it ended up being like fifty some episodes of this. Oh, web series. Okay. <laughs> and there was one day where we went to um, it's a supermarket called Rocks. They had a uh, parking lot that had a rooftop, right? Mm-hmm. And so I told. It was, um, two, I was with two actors. There was a guy and a girl. And I said, yeah, we're going to like, um, we're going to go and shoot on the roof. But there's a security guy, security guard in, uh, in a truck just driving around a lot, right? So we got to like, we'll, we'll wait till he leaves and then we'll, we'll go up to the roof real quick. And we'll, we'll rehearse. So we'll rehearse it in the car. So everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah. Probably won't have that much time because the security would come up and tell us to leave. So we were, we were just sitting in the car going over the lot. So the security guard sees us and we're sitting in the car and he, um, in the parking lot, um, parking structure, and he pulls up behind us and he's okay. just sitting there, right? And so we're talking and then uh, I'm in the back, um, uh, the guy's in the front, the girl's in the passenger seat. The girl sees, sees him. She's like, oh, he's I think the security guard is like just sitting there, right? So then I get out the car and I'm like, I'm just gonna have, cause he, oh, he, he had his phone, that's right. So he had his phone and he's like taking pictures of, of the car. Okay. I get out the car and I have my phone. So I'm like, oh, I can take pictures too. So I'm holding, <laughs> and I was like, in fact, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna take a video and I'm gonna report you to your supervisor. So I'm holding the phone like this, right? He gets out the car, smacks the phone out of my hand, right? Okay. I am like, uh, bam! Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't believe it. Like my phone went flying across the, the thing, and so then he went flying back because it was like, "Are you crazy?" You know. So we 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 are like about to get to this fight, and uh, yeah, the cops came. You know, so the cops were like, "Well, um, either we're gonna take both y'all to jail, the security guard and me, mm-hmm. or no one's going to jail." You still don't know his logical reason for just just doing that, just. He told the police um, something about there was, um, you know, some drug activity in the neighborhood and that I guess they were, you know, he thought it was like a drug deal going on in the car. And I'm oh like, gosh. get the <laughs> hell out of here, man. Like, are you serious? So, yeah. Yeah. That's so the real reason. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when I was doing that, that same documentary, the, the comedy at Cooper, so one of the comedians on stage, and they said something about a immigration joke, but it was a pro-immigration joke. 
this guy in the crowd, I guess he just like he was like, My mother's an immigrant. She came from such and such, blah blah blah. And then he just got up and he charged the yeah, he charged the, one of the comedians. And he, it was like they was running around in circles and all the other comedians trying to break it up. It was like a whole crazy thing. Yeah, I'm wondering if because of this whole uh situation with Will Smith and Chris Rock, I'm wondering if audience members start feeling yeah. on, on the stage that they don't like what the comedian says and do something. Um, yeah. Because I'm probably going to get back into stand-up at some point. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, if I'm on stage and I say something, if somebody gets on that stage, oh, they, nah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think for the most part, everybody's going to be. Because you know, you come to a comedy show, you especially if you're in the front row, they more than likely going to heckle you. Like, I mean, you're going you gonna, you gonna to get heckled and the comedian going to get at you, like something you're wearing or whatever. So you got to come there expecting, okay, this could happen, so I'm not going to take it personal. When was the last time you did something for the first time? The last time I did something for the first time? Hmm. Man, that's a good question because I'm trying to think. Maybe I I guess it was maybe traveling by myself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I went to Hawaii. I was supposed to go to Hawaii with my ex-girlfriend. And when we broke up, it was like, well, I'm still going. (laughs) I want to go. You know, it's so funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, I would say that that would be it. Um, and then I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna get to Hawaii," and because I was going to Oahu, mm-hmm. and everybody always telling me, "Oh yeah, Oahu is a bunch of single girls out there." Oh, you know, so I'm like, "I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have fun out there." Man, I don't even know Hawaii, but all I saw was couples everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I'm like at restaurants, you know, I'm sitting at the table by myself. All I'm seeing is, you know, couples oh, just feeding each other. I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think we can wrap this up. Thank you for coming. Oh, yeah. Thanks for, for the invite. Thank you for listening to What's the Convo. Be sure to follow the Instagram at The Convo Official. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you do like. Tell me what you want to hear. If you want to see more funny content, follow Steve Royal Instagram at Wait What Comedy.